Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. We would like to dedicate today's episode to our friend, mentor, and coach, Dean Kopkov. We miss you, bud. All the love in the world. He was such an important part of the show, but also an important part of our lives. And a dear friend who touched so many people over the course of his life and career. Dean, we love you. And you're always with us. Thank you for everything. And for the person that you will always be in our hearts. today. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm calling you from the 1870s or podcasting from I the 1870s see that. today. Yeah. <laughs> you are in London, I take it? I am in London. Oh my goodness, though, here is my favorite fucking person. Darren, can you oh hear us? Oh my god. I can hear you guys, yeah. 
we have the most special guest today on the podcast, the one and only Darren McGuire. <laughs> How are you guys? Good to see you, man. You too, buddy. <laughs> How you doing? Good to see you too. I'm great. Good, I'm great. man. Good to see Where, you, whereabouts are you in the world? What's what's your time zone? Well, I'm I'm in Toronto. Okay. And I am uh, just lately. I've been working with my brother Chris on Star Trek Discovery. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it really has been amazing. They have this. Uh, they have the AR wall. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It is a piece of technology that was originally used on the Mandalorian. And if you can imagine, I don't know the exact proportions, but like half a studio of screens in a in a curve in an arc so that and then it's on the ceiling too and then it's on the floor too if they they want it so you are completely completely surrounded by filmable background so being you know if you're on an alien planet it's super handy right yeah because now for you guys for you know for the performers if you're supposed to be a creature or something to that effect you can see them and have your eye line they can even light with it it's amazing so i've been doing a bunch of that lately it's been amazing that's incredible yeah man yeah well darren we are so 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 thrilled to have you on the podcast today you've been someone that we have talked about extensively in our rewatches and it's just such an honor and a privilege to have you here today and we miss you oh it's been amazing to see you guys too i've i've missed you i think about you all the time I tell stories about stuff that we did together all the time. It's amazing how, you know, I've been at this for a while. I've done a bunch of stuff now. I've been working with Guillermo del Toro lately. And everything that you learn along the way um, helps you along the way. And I just learned so much about staging because you guys were so talented and so willing to work hard at whatever we were doing. Um, it opened up a lot of possibilities for me creatively in terms of, um, how we shot it. I know we're going to get into all of this, but it was, it was really you, the cast that made it possible, um, and kind of opened up my horizons creatively. Um, and I look back at it now and I realize how lucky I really was. And not that I haven't worked with super talented people still. I, uh, since then, I, I have. It's been amazing. But um, you guys were uh, one in a million. You know, you all worked so hard at everything we did. And for me as an instructor, like as a teacher, when you have somebody like that that you're working with, every day at work is awesome. <laughs> you know? Everything, I agree every more. day is awesome. And I think, I, look, dude, yeah. I, that's really sweet of you to say. But for us... I don't think I'm speaking out of turn with Kat here either. You know, we are hard workers. Like that's something we love to do. We we enjoy what we do as you do. But the the difference of having an instructor who gels, who I like having someone that you're excited to come and work with every day, we give all of the credit to you because we we were trained by you. We did all the work with you and with your team. Um, and you inspired us to to want to work the way that that has now sort of become our our uh uh mantra like this is how this is how you work um so we have you to thank for that really and i'll i'll just echo that truly and just say you know it's it's don and i've both gone on to jobs where we've had to do stunts and fighting and action sequences and things like this and it's having the foundation and having someone like you and and folks like your team that taught us 
everything we know and inspired us and taught us not only the mechanics of what we were doing and how to apply it to film, but also how to be safe and how to keep ourselves and people around us safe. And, you know, moving into other sets, it, it's really been the most amazing um, resource to have. And, and I just, I think about you every day and I'm inspired by you every single day. Oh, so you. it's just, it's, it's the biggest gift. You opened our horizons in so many ways. Oh, thank you, Kat. That's amazing of you to say so. And God, it'd be great to get the band back together, eh? Wouldn't it? It's like, it would, huh? <laughs> oh man, I, I still I still text uh, every now and then with Matt Hastings, Aww. and I still am in touch with Chris Hatcher on occasion. I, I did Sex Life for him last uh, earlier in the year, and yeah, I just think about what we had. I think about, um, you know, the, our training room. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just that space, man. Every lunchtime we were there yeah. until they started telling us not to. Yeah. We were on the mini tramps and using different <laughs> toys and whatever oh, it yeah. was. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. And again, like when I would, you know, and as a stunt coordinator, I'm sometimes I'm able to engage myself completely with the fight action or the training action that we're doing. And sometimes I have to go back and forth in meetings and prep and dealing mm-hmm. with whatever all the other aspects of the job and so when i would come walking into the room and i'd see one or more of you in there and you know and you'd normally be with dean and i would normally, see one or yeah one or more ah uh, it was such a good feeling man it was just that it was such a good feeling and i feel like you know guys we made the most of it man we did 100 percent. yeah there. i would agree oh yeah before we dive into everything properly why don't you tell us a little I mean, we know most of this, but why don't you tell the audience a little about you, how you got into this, how you got attached to the show? Like, do, do, give us a little, a little Darren lowdown. Sure. All right. All right. Um, well, I, I grew up in northern Ontario uh, in Sudbury in a mining town about, uh, I guess it's about four and a half hours north of Toronto. And uh, my father... Uh, my grandfather was a boxer. And so my father learned about boxing as a really young kid. And uh, then later in the early 60s, his cousin, my dad's cousin, started taking a style of karate called Shotokan. Uh, and he showed my dad a few moves. Uh, being, you know, my Maguire's Irish, right? So the cousins <laughs> like to fight a little bit, you know? <laughs> and so my my dad's <laughs> my dad's cousin had some new moves, you know, and uh, my dad was impressed, and so that's what started his interest. And so he got involved in it in the early '60s and the early '70s, or the late '60s and the early '70s is really when he got zoned in. And I was born uh, around that time, and my dad started teaching us. I mean, you know, we we had our karate geese, our karate uniforms when we were still just little baby boys. You know, I was still cleaning my <laughs> gi. You know, I was just a little kid, and uh, yeah, and he taught us. He taught us. The basics, very much like what I taught you guys when I first, when we first started lo- working together, the basic punches, the basic blocks, and building the arsenal. Then, mm-hmm. and uh, that just continued through our lives. Uh, myself and my brothers, my four brothers, it was just a family tradition. You know, it, it definitely made the uh, sibling rivalries more fun. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure. You know, and my yeah. dad had. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And my dad had rules, you know, we weren't allowed to fight with weapons inside the house, you know, <laughs> stuff would get broken. <laughs> um, of course, yeah. Whether it was vases or bones, it, one of them, yeah. 
Exactly, yeah, exactly. It was or holes holes in the ceiling from the nunchaku, you know, or like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I remember so many incidents. One time I was chasing my brother, Chris, who you worked with, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. and I had the sword and all he had was the fire poker. And so we were fighting and he was, <laughs> and I was chasing him, poking him in the butt with it. And the hook on the fire poker hooked onto the corner of the wall and pulled the whole corner of the wall out. And we had just finished building this house so quickly before my dad got home, we had the drywall out and we're like plastering it and sanding it and using this <laughs> the air dryer to dry it off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like that. It was, it, you know, that we were a little crazy, you know? And then that just, yeah. And then I, the competition started to, be more of an aspect of all of our lives. And we competed heavily in martial arts, um, you know, right into my mid twenties and went from regional to sort of provincial to international kind of thing. And I knew, I mean, since I was 15 years old, I, I knew that I wanted to work in film. I knew that I wanted to somehow bring the, my martial arts obsession into, into film. And so um, my last sort of big international competition was a world championship that was in Leicester uh, and in England. And we were training in Toronto and I got a contact from somebody that was doing sort of low budget chop sake films. And uh, I, I played hooky from training with the, with the world championship team. I played hooky for four days to shoot a couple of fight scenes with Billy Blanks. Uh, in a mm-hmm. in a movie, and that's really how it started. And then it was just stunts, you know. I, you know, and the stunts got more intense. It was still, I was still a fight specialist and acrobatic specialist. But you know, I got lit on fire and thrown downstairs and hit by cars and stuff along the way. And um, in the stunts, right? Not that wasn't. Yeah. That's not how oh, you yeah. make your way in Hollywood. For anyone listening, you don't have to go through any of that. I don't no. think it's just all no. stunts. <laughs> Totally stunts. And it was um, a gradual thing. You know, I mean, initially, the jobs that I got were completely fight based. And then Mm -hmm. as I got my education with really excellent uh, stunt coordinators, Marco Bianco, John Stead, uh, Rick Forsyth, and these, these people all contributed to teaching me about the craft of stunts and and not just how to fall down a flight of stairs properly, or how to do a high fall into boxes properly, Dom. Um, I was going to bring it up. At some point, it's got to come up. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. We've spoken, about, we've oh, spoken yeah. about it on the podcast already. Fuck it. We're going to do it now. We've spoken about it on the podcast already and how furious I was that that day they were just like, nah, there's no way. You're not going to well, do it. And I was like, we've done it. We did it off a cherry oh, picker. Buddy. It's so much harder. And, and the thing <laughs> is, this, the story that I like to tell about that and I know we'll get back into it, but so I remember looking at you and you're looking me in the eyes and you're saying, I want to do that gag. And I'm thinking, okay, you had already proved your athleticism to me up to this point. And I knew you had nerve. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to present them with what, what I would present with another stunt performer, which was the test where we bring mm-hmm. up the mini tramp and we had the pad and I laid a piece of mm-hmm. uh, paper towel on the mat and, and said, you know, the deal was that you had to dive 
off the mini tramp, come straight down headfirst into the mat. And before you roll to your back, you had to snatch the paper towel off the surface of the mat Mm -hmm. to flip onto your back to do what we call the face off. And so I thought this will teach him. This will, this will, this (laughs) will give him a little fear therapy. And he does it correctly the first time he tries it. And I'm like, of course he does. What? <laughs> what? And so remember, Dom, I was like, no, dude, do it again. You know, and I yeah. look over at Dean and D- Dean's looking at me because I thought this is how I'm going to get out of this because I knew Disney safety mm-hmm. wasn't going to like it one bit. Right. And so, Of course not. <laughs> no. And so then he did it again and then he did it again, three in a row. And now you're just showing off. Now you're starting to get into a pike and you were like, you know. So then I thought, all right. So Dean and I talked about it, Dom. We were like, he's like, what do you think, bud? And I'm like, he 100% knows where he is in space. And I'm trying to think in my head too, Dom. As soon as I saw you do that, I started thinking, okay, so then now I have to build a case for Disney safety so that they Mm -hmm. can see why I would think it would be safe for a stunt performer to do that and how I would test the stunt performer, right? And so... Mm -hmm. Obviously, the testing process is risky, Dom, as you recall, Mm -hmm. and -hmm. I was worried about it, (laughs) but yeah, you just got it, and so then we went to a little higher, a little higher, a little higher, and you weren't hesitating, and so I remember the last conversation with Disney Safety, and and he said, said, look, we're going to talk about it over here, and I said, okay, and I said, and I made it clear, I said, I trusted him 100% to do this, and it really was the last minute. It really was. It was and I was yeah. as gutted as you were, Dom. Listen, I sure I know you were. It, and it's I, exactly. And I have the footage, so I know that it's that I've done it. And it's funny. Do you remember for training? Because we got it to the height of the bridge, and there was only one patch in the studio that was physically high enough to bring us to that place. And we had to bring the whole rig and everything to there. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's such an interesting thing. We talk about trust a lot on this podcast, a lot about trust, mm-hmm. mostly in, in relation to performing, like you have to trust your other performer. And it's exactly the same thing with stunts, if not more oh, so yeah. with stunts. Yeah. And I, I remember I watched that video all the time. You know, I'm showing people like, oh, look at me, I jumped over this 30 foot thing. It's not yeah. a big deal. Whatever. Just, you know, blow my trumpet. <laughs> um, and uh, there's not very many people in the world that I would trust to hold the back of my trousers while I'm stood over three levels high of cardboard boxes, looking straight down at 30 feet and looking at your eyes, looking straight up. There's not many people I would trust to say, you can do this. And you and Dean were those two people in my life and always will be. You always will be that person in my life. You told me that I could jump off the Empire State and survive it. I mean, please don't say that. But if you told me I could, I think I'd I'd hop off. You know, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Guys. That's just it. Is you know, for folks that are you know this kind of schedule we were on and the sort of things that we wanted to be able to do to play these characters, you made it. Not only did you make it possible, but you made it safe, and you you gave us that trust and that confidence, not only in ourselves through the training, but in in you and your team and Dean and everyone else to to be able to do things that. I've not been on a show since that's let me do as much. And being able to walk into other shows with that confidence of going, yeah, I can, if you show me what to do and you make it safe, I can do it 100%. Yeah. It's invaluable. Well, it was, you know, and I have to say, though, as we keep passing credit back and forth, um, (laughs) it really is like that, eh, guys? Like, like, uh, we were able to create that 
momentum and push the boundaries the way we did because it was a combination of my experience uh, as a teacher and I could see different things in all of you, you know, like, like with, with you, Dom, you are a natural, uh, you're a natural athlete, not just the physical ability, jumping ability, strength to weight. There's all those sort of things that go in the toolbox. But when I say a natural, I mean that, that your natural instinct is usually the right one movement wise or momentum wise it's just it's I like just that how you put it in movement wise there we've been out drinking together and he's like i'm gonna make sure that i say his instincts are good when it comes to movement but not necessarily life choices least <laughs> <laughs> just the movement thing <laughs> but it's all part of it dom that confidence yeah. comes from from getting the right take on stuff right and i remember my mm-hmm. first exposure to you cat I was like watching you and I could see a I could see a dance background. I could see a discipline in your movement. And but really what I noticed is your attention to detail. <laughs> it's such a thing. And it's interesting too, because I know that Clary's Clary is an artist, if if I recall correctly. And artists yeah. and artists pay very close attention to detail. And I found that it was interesting that your approach to the training and you had a tendency to pick out the details. And so I could mm. grab onto that and I could get into cahoots on what to do with your character physically. It was just such a yeah. thing. I just, I just thought, oh, well, that's very easy because she already approaches it in a way that I imagine that Clary would. Of course, there's all of the uh, natural aptitude that I find in you. But it's it was your details and your and your you worked hard at it. You really did. You were in there with Dean all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You too, Dom. All of you. <laughs> as much yeah. as I possibly yeah, could. As much as you would let us. It's that yes. attention to detail that always inspired me in everything that you did. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Whenever we talk about the fights, it's that character story within the fight that's it's almost a separate plot line that's driving everything. And the way you blended different pieces and attributes of different martial arts to create each supernatural character's fighting style, it added so much to the show and so much depth to the stories that we were telling that people picked up on and it it created the world in another another facet that wasn't, you know, the sets or the costumes or the dialogue or anything. It filled out the world in such a rich way. Thank you so much. I, it's so interesting how it happened too. I did a pilot with Hubert and it was Transylvania. It was a CBS thing. And Hubert mm. was the Wolfman. It was super cool. And anyway, I was, I was hoping to get onto this other thing afterwards and it didn't happen. And I was a little sulky. And so I <laughs> went up North camping and I was up there for a few days and what the places that I go generally, there's no cell signal, there's no cell phones, mm-hmm. there's no, I, it kind of like, I definitely go off the grid as you guys remember. And when I came back out, there was a email waiting for me from Matt Hastings, who I had never met or heard of. And it was basically just him saying that he had heard some good things about me from another producer that I had worked under and wondered if I would be willing to show up for an interview And he didn't even say what the show was. There was just the address where I was supposed to go. Literally was like the next day. When I checked out the address, I realized what the show was because you guys had done the first season. Mm -hmm. And, And then I realized what it was. And I quickly watched, I think I got through two or three episodes of the first season to get a sense of what it was. Mm -hmm. And then there I was the next day, uh, you know, doing my interview and, and, 
I already had some ideas about things that I thought I could contribute to um, based on what I had watched in the first couple episodes and got a bit of a sense of of all of your movement already. I had no idea how amazing you guys were going to be. But in my view, I was like, okay, I don't know how much they've been taught. I didn't know anything about what you guys had learned to get you through that first season. And I thought, okay, we could take this further, you know? Yeah. And they were so, they were so open uh, to suggestions and worked really well with me in terms of some of the stuff that I thought you guys needed in order to make it safer and also to open up the possibilities for our fights like mm-hmm. um, the staff, which was originally mm-hmm. was just the whip for Emerod's character. Mm-hmm. And I had issue with that. I thought, no, we need to make a staff out of that. And, and uh, again, Matt Hastings agreed and everybody really worked hard to produce something that that was going to be practical and that we could expand, you know, all the new weapons mm-hmm. that we got to squeeze in there as the time went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I really had a plan. I really did. And I had an, uh, had a, an imagination, like I, I was imagining what was possible though. I didn't know that you would all work so hard. So I ended up being able to do stuff that was beyond my wildest dreams creatively for sure. Us too, man. I, we got to, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong, but there are like a couple things that we did that hadn't been done by the actors on TV before, right? Yeah. 100%, guys. 100%, man. (laughs) (laughs) Even just being able to say that is fucking cool as shit. You know what I mean? That's so cool. You remember some of those things we did, man. You're doing gainers Mm -hmm. towards each other on wires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 15 feet (laughs) off the floor, traveling 25 feet, each of you landing right in front of each other. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. like there was some of those things that like not just in terms of wire gags that we did, but like, Dom, do you remember when we ran your face through the glass on the bar? Right. <laughs> remember yeah. Crash, 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 crash. Vividly. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Buddy. And yeah. I remember David Macon or Mike McMurray, that was the DP at the time. He just looked up. I think it was Macon just looked at me like are we really going to do this? And <laughs> you had to keep your head in the right position so yeah, that right everything angle, would break yeah. properly and you wouldn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. And you did it every time. Exactly right. And, um, God, like, no, good teaching, man. You ever good teaching. That? Good uh, teaching. But, you can like a student can fuck up good teaching, but you're always going to fuck up bad teaching. You know what I mean? So like, as oh, long yeah. as the teaching's good, uh, then the opportunity for it to be good is, is there and present. God, I wish someone had said that to me when you, I was man. a kid. Okay, now. Right? <laughs> it's true. I don't know. Yes. I always think about too, because so many things happen on a set and things change last minute. And one of the fight scenes that has become one of my favorites was you and I on the roof, Dom, when you were the owl, right before oh, you yeah. dropped me mm-hmm. off and I land on the car. We had a two or three minute fight scene planned out there. And the way the shooting day went, we just didn't have time for it. So the fact that we were able to rearrange that fight, make it work and shoot it, between your team, Darren, and, you know, Drew and, and Glenn on handheld cameras mm-hmm. and me yep. and Dom. And we just did the whole damn thing. Basically rewrote the whole fight. It was nuts. There are so many instances. Yeah. 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 And you could, and that's what can be done with people who can pay attention to the details. See, the other thing too, it's like, it was our training, right? I remember mm-hmm. seeing your strengths when we first did, and I showed up with my karate pants on, remember? And we all were up in the training room. We're (laughs) doing the punches. We're doing the kicks and building our arsenal. And as time went, like I remember 
both of you wanting to get the spin heel kick. You wanted mm-hmm. it. And it's something that is difficult. And it requires uh, a dancer's uh, control over any like centrifugal forces, spinning, footwork, mm-hmm. a proper foot position. When you make contact with the target, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But if you can get it, then it 100% for all the martial artists watching, we all know what it takes to learn that and that it can't be faked. And, and I remember having, when in our first days training together, having the arsenal that I had to work with then. And then as time went, our training goals are achieved. Now the arsenal gets bigger and the bag of weapons gets bigger and bigger. So that now, whether I'm choreographing or Hubert, it was getting easier and easier now, right? Like I could take a, like have a creative concept in my head. Like, and I was even able to do some of this early, like Dom, do you remember? And the fight on the ship, remember? And you were under the crane and Mm -hmm. and we didn't even know each other that well yet. And when I went for the tech survey to look at the location and plan out where we were going to shoot everything, and I saw that space underneath the crane where the entire sword fight would have to be done in a deep crouch. And it was something that I, I just thought would be amazing visually. And I just thought that as a filmmaker, the way the light might reflect off the ceiling and the mm-hmm. dramatic positions that it would put you in. Of course, you could crack your head on all the steel stuff sticking down along the top too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the risk for sure. Remember, dude, that was the risk. But your character took out three people, three soldiers mm-hmm. in that fight. And it's one and I was very proud of that. I remember I remember really, really seeing, oh, I'm in a venue now where I can I can take those things that are in my head and and with everybody's Put help out, turn eh? it into something different. And it looked yeah. different. Yeah. This is what I remember from that scene. We were filming episode one. And we're, it was the middle of the day. Yep. It was super hot. And we were all in those horrible jackets. We're on this like giant copper container. And I'm <laughs> sat in my chair having a cigarette. I've quit smoking now, by the way. Well, mm, mm. mostly. Um, Congratulations. Mm, mostly. Um, mostly. But I'm sat in my chair and I'm having mostly. a cigarette. And I look over and I see Darren plotting this fight scene out in his head under this thing. And again, we didn't know each other that well yet. But I've got you no. like crouched going, go. And I just, I was watching you in awe, just like, oh yeah, we're going to get on. I, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, this eh? is awesome. Cause this excitement, yeah. this, this passion, you really feel almost like childlike jubilism that comes from doing what you do. And that's how we feel about what we oh, do. Yeah. So to have that, like immediately, it's like giving me butterflies, just talking about it. Like to have oh, that yeah. connection there. It's just like, oh man, this is oh, this yeah. is gonna be good stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about this. It really felt like that. Yeah. And also having someone who looks at each of us and goes, I'm gonna invest the time and the energy it takes in each of you to train you and to to teach you and to bring you into this. Because it's it's so much mm-hmm. I, I imagine for you so much easier to just let the professional stunt people do the job as opposed to oh, taking yeah. the time to actually train actors who, you know, Dom knew more than I did at the time, but didn't know how to throw a punch or hold a sword or do hardly anything to be yeah. able to do your own fighting in the future. And it's, it's, I mean, I, here we are passing credit back and forth again, but <laughs> it, it goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think a big key of the, in that was that you guys learn how to really do it. 
as a martial artist, when I was growing up, I was very lucky genetically. I had a crazy vertical. I don't know about growing up. Let's talk about that real quick before we move on. Yeah, let's When when Darren's talking about his crazy vertical, what he's talking about is being able to get his leg like up to a certain length, right? Like most normal human beings Mm -hmm. can reach about 45, between 45 and 90 degrees. um, And then ballet dancers can get it all the way up to the side of the head. And I remember having my parents on set and I was like, Darren, show them the thing, man. Just go on, show them the thing. And just slow, (laughs) I can only do it with my arm because I can't do this. But just slowly, but extends all the way up to the side of his body. And we're like, wow. I mean, that's crazy. So don't say in your younger days ever again, because you and I both know that this is something that you've got in the bag. You know that. Well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I worked really hard at it and it didn't come easy guys. Like, uh, you know, I, I trained obsessively, you know, like, like, like Mm -hmm. I wore ankle weights, for example, I went through a whole period of ankle weights for about three and three and a half years and started with like, just like, two and a half pounds on each ankle and eventually 16 pounds, you know, and sleep in them and, and go to weddings with them and embarrass my friends. And, you know, it was, it was, um, it was one of those things where I, I was just very lucky athletically to have the the genetic benefits that I had and, and having been doing it since I was a baby, literally, um, it just, I had a lot of things going for me. And, and, and I will say that the, the dedication was definitely born of love, but like, like most people, there's usually a, you know, people that work very, very hard at something. There's usually a story behind that. There's usually a reason and I'm the same. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that, man, it was just a lot of things lined up just perfectly for me to meet you guys at the time that I did. And to meet the type of people that would appreciate the kind of work that goes into being able to put my legs straight up like that and do the things that I did. Um, So I, I, when I saw how committed you were, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we didn't take a shortcut that we taught you the real technique and, and that you embraced it the way you did. Cause that's a big part of what made it so believable because it was Mm -hmm. believable and look what you ended up doing. Like remember the Bob, Remember that, and you yeah. guys would work your different techniques mm-hmm. on there, and I and and I could see you getting more and more precise. I was just going to talk about that, yeah. man. Like, I still have a bob. In I my house. I still have this. <laughs> you do still have a bob. I have a I have a little punching bag outside, but it's in England, so it's rainy all the time. It never gets used, oh, yeah. but it's out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, bob and weave. It's so funny. The little bits that I learned from Dean, like my friends or my girlfriend, are like, let's do a little like boxing workout class. I'm like, great. I know exactly what to do because I learned sort of the catching section from Dean. And I still yeah. go, still to this day, when I go overhead, so like the hooks or whatever, I go. Yeah. Do you remember Dean used to make that noise? Every yeah. time you would go oh, overhead, yeah. he would make that noise oh, in yes. his mouth. And it's just ingrained in me. Like every yeah. time I do it and people are like, oh, why yeah. are you making that noise? And I'm like, I don't know, but that's what I do. <laughs> what to tell you? That's the noise that goes with that motion. It's yeah. just how yeah. it goes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and mm-hmm. Dean, Dean was great with you guys that way and, and built it with you individually too. You guys had mm-hmm. your things. Yeah. It, yeah. it really was, um, the biggest gift. And it's something that, you know, I, I still box to this day. I travel with a set of small MMA gloves just so I can keep it up wherever I can find a bag. And even right the next job I did right after Shadowhunters was Arrow. My first scene, my first day on set 
was a three-minute fight scene. And I was so proud to be able to take what I had learned from you guys and walk into that stunt rehearsal and go, I at least know I can carry myself with the technique that I have. Oh, yeah, you both can. And that's all, that's all you and Dean. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it was you two. Obviously, you guys were in the hot seat the most frequently. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember training Alberto. Mm-hmm. And Dean identified it. He was like, this guy's a boxer. He is a natural yeah, boxer. It was just like, we couldn't believe how fast he could learn it, you know, and, yeah. and have that look. <laughs> eh? And he had that look. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and obviously Harry off the hook. Harry yeah. is so talented. Yeah. He blew just my mind all the time. good at everything, Harry. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Matt, too. <laughs> I remember yeah. Matt's character. It, it was really interesting how perfect he was for that. Mm-hmm. When I first met him. I thought his subtlety is perfect. Um, and mm-hmm. I remember working out fight sequences and my favorite fight sequences were the ones that you guys would do in a training sequence, right? Like the, mm-hmm. some of the stuff you and Matt did was awesome. Some of my That's favorite so fights. Good. I just found it remarkably easy to adapt the fight style for the characters uh, also because I think it was properly cast. I didn't feel like any of you were fighting natural instincts in order to perform uh, that your character physically, it it mm-hmm. seemed that the casting was pretty appropriate, you know, like in terms yeah. of what I then had to translate uh, in movement. There was no problem. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, 
I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Let's talk about favorite fights. We should talk about favorite fights. Okay. I yes, am on please. board with you about favorite fights being the training ones. I think mine is probably mm-hmm. the like opening of second half of season two with the the training with Matt and I with the dual axes, oh, yeah. that thing. Ooh, the first time I used awesome. those and that was so fun. However, you remember the last fight we did in the training room with Alberto with fucking broken yeah. collarbone and like yes. freshly torn up foot. Yes. So I remember about a third oh of filming that because I'm on all of these <laughs> painkillers just trying to get me through the day. But it's like, it's that same thing that we were talking about, right? Like you want to work hard for these people that we care about. And like, Absolutely. there's these, Aaron Absolutely. was going to do the, do you remember he was going to do the sweeping heel kick that we were just talking about over Alberto's face? And you were like, let Aaron yeah. do this one, man. You got to balance with your arm. And I was like, get to fuck, bud. You think I'm going to throw, I'm going to give away my last sweeping heel kick that I'm ever going to do on this show? You are out of your mind. <laughs> no way. I'm doing it. It's going to cause me pain. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it that perfect. like every time we got it, I was like, we don't need to do that again, right? Because I am in yeah. a severe amount of pain. We got it? Okay, good. Great. Those training room fights were so special. Like between the, you know, the one that you and I did with the double wire stunt there and that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. earlier even the fight I had with Jackie Mm -hmm. when she came in and it was her first episode she had that brand new sword and we had this this five page long scene with a fight that Dom you came in at the end and it it, all Mm -hmm. of these things that just over and over and over again we got to use the same space but make it so different every time oh yeah yeah and that was again where Matt Hastings and I were so in cahoots you know I think it was like fairly early on that I, I I understood what Matt wanted and how he visualized it. And so then I started to craft the fights. And again, when I say I started to craft the fights, remember, there was Hubert Border, who is brilliant. Mm-hmm. George yep. Chortov, brilliant. My brother, Chris, yep. the pizza fight, that was him. You know, uh, Chris yeah. Mark, another huge person that contributed in a big way. But yeah, I mean, I loved the training sequences. Like, Kat, that fight in the second season, When You Kill Valentine. I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. That was vicious. Oh, that yeah. was in the mud. That was cold. Oh yeah. 
That was a cold day. It was. And and Kat, you were in your confidence, I remember, looking at it and being like, and Dean saying, like, she's in the zone, eh, bud? And we're like, yeah, oh, hell yeah. Because with with everybody, with every every actor, when you perform a fight scene, let's say, and it's still an examination of the character, but under extreme circumstances. And so it's very tempting to just put together a fight that is just all the coolest moves we ever wanted to see. But right. the, the best fights, the best are where I, as a choreographer, can create and provide multiple opportunities for you, the performers, to express your character. And that means don't overcomplicate the choreography at times. And I really felt like the fight with Valentine when when Clary finally eliminates Valentine, I just remember feeling that we got it right. We got it right for mm-hmm. you, Kat, and we also got it right for Alan. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was an achievement. We on this podcast have spoken about that scene very fondly, very often. Like arguably so our times. favorite scene. I'm dead the whole time. So... I don't really do anything, but <laughs> arguably our favorite scene. Of the only thing, the only stunt thing that happened to me was, and we, I think we've spoken about this already, is the rock smash. Now, I'm dead, so like yes. my eyes are closed. And I don't know what's going to happen. And obviously, we're not throwing a real rock around. That wouldn't be safe. So it's this sort no. of rubberized rock that looks real, and it bounced every time. And every time, it would land a little closer to me, and I could hear it landing a little closer to me. And I remember Drew's camera was here, and I'm dead. And I open an eye, and we're about to roll, and I look at Drew, and I go, it's going to hit me in the fucking nuts this time. Like, I promise you it's going to hit me in the nuts this time. Sure enough. And you just see, I saw the footage back. You just see this, like, sort of side profile because I'm dead like that. And you see my chest go, (laughs) that's the only reaction I'm allowed to give. Just like, there it is. (laughs) I love it. I know. Stuff like that would happen. Like, so many things, guys, where I would be thinking, there's always the potential for disaster, right? Mm -hmm. And the more we push the boundaries the more potential for disaster that was. And I remember too, there were times when the schedule was mad mm-hmm. and here mm-hmm. I'd see you guys come in and I know what we're going to do that day. We're going to have you guys mm-hmm. flipping in wires. We're going to have you in close proximity where the team that's doing the rigging, the pulling has to be exact. You guys have to be exact. And I remember sometimes seeing you come in exhausted mm-hmm. where I'd be worried. I'd be worried. I'd be thinking, man, they really have to be paying attention at this part of it, or they really need to be, you know. And I just remember being in awe of your professionalism. Bear in mind, this is a few years ago. You're just young actors. Many of you were. And I remember thinking, wow, their focus is remarkable, and I can see they're exhausted. So there was like many, many times when – when I would come out of there and think, wow, a, a, a sponge rock in the in the nuts was actually not as bad as it could have been it's not today. Not too bad. Not as bad <laughs> not as it could bad. have been. Yeah, I mean, I remember, it's so funny. We had we had this conversation, you and I, and I remember this, and, it, and it's followed me through, right? So like, you know, you do a stunt and the medic comes over and goes, are you okay? And I go, listen, I was once told this, and here's what it is. If you want to do your own stunts, you can't bitch about every time you bump your knee. You can't do it because they were going to stop you doing stunts because it's going to slow us down. Then we're going to be worried about whether you can do these things and so on and so forth. And it came from the day that, no, was it that rooftop fight? No, it wasn't. It was it was the angel rooftop fight. You remember that? And I had oh, to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. I can't oh, remember yeah. what it's called. The half flip and I land on my back slash oh, yeah. ass. Yeah. And we did it over and over and over. And I come out and my hip is like swollen and blue. 
and you went, hey man, oh yeah, it's it. A bruise is a bruise. That's all good. You come to me when you've broken a leg, and I'm like, fair enough. I'll see you tomorrow. We're yeah. in a good spot. Yeah, <laughs> do yeah. it. Truly, because you're right. Like we got to. If you wanna, you can't go in and be like, oh, I broke a nail. Now I can't do this. And you're like, well, you said you could. So we've prepped for everything to be in place. Now we need to go get the stunt performer into hair and makeup and get them in, and it changes everything. We need to get to a place yeah. where you trust each other, where I trust that mm-hmm. you have trained me thoroughly, that we've choreographed yeah. it thoroughly, that I trust Kat's going to do her job, and I trust that I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I really do, by the end, it like it's not even by the end, by like barely three or four episodes in when we had you, I'd already started feeling that. I'd already started feeling like, oh, I, could yeah, see I feel, it happening, I feel prepared for this. 100%. Yeah. I could see it happening with you guys. I, I so could. Just filling it out and finding that place in yourselves where it felt like we could do anything, you know, and the trust that we developed amongst us that we're doing stuff frequently that we're, you know, because you and Kat were in the hot Mm -hmm. seat frequently, that trust spread to the rest of the cast. So that I remember that time when we did that gag with Matt, where we pulled him while he's firing the arrow. I remember that. Yeah. Back into the mat. Remember that? Yeah. And he didn't know, you know, we like it was, that was a stunt. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, mm-hmm. it was something that you guys were doing. It was on the level of something that you guys were doing, but he hadn't been doing a lot of that stuff. And I remember that. I remember him saying, I trust you. I trust we can do this. And he did it so good. Do you yeah. remember what a great shot? And when I first showed mm-hmm. Matt Hastings, I was like, hey, dude, we can actually, I think we can watch Matt himself flying back at high speed, firing narrow, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was definitely one of those moments where trust was everything. And even though I hadn't done that much with Matt, because you guys had, and you had communicated and he had seen, he was able to jump right on and Mm -hmm. do get one of the better shots. That's one of those shots. When you watch it in the show, it looks like we faked it. It looks like CGI. Cause you're like, there's no way, there's no way you did some computers with this. Nope. It was nope. good yeah. stunts, good camera work, good acting. It, yeah. it just happened. It, yeah. That's real life. Go back and watch it if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so speaking of camera magic and trickery, how many times did you double people? I can think of one, and I was immensely jealous that you didn't double me. You doubled the fucking newbie. I did. Yeah, I, you doubled Will. Yes, I did. I doubled mm-hmm. Will um, for that fight sequence. And I remember um, when we first started choreographing it, and and putting together the concept, I remember thinking these kicks have to be just right. Uh, and the reason why they have to look effortless because I really was creating the jeopardy more with the sword. So it was, I just needed the kicks to be exactly right. And, and because there were set extensions that are expensive visual effects wise, I knew that for a couple of the hits, the kick would have to be one inch off the performer's face. And I didn't trust most people to do that, to be honest. And not that there aren't other uh, people the right size that could do it, but I just wanted a specific look on it. And um, that was purely 100% me getting my way. <laughs> I, want the <laughs> kick, I want the kicks to look like this, and I want it to look like that, so I'm doing it. And so that was a little, definitely a little... I know I was, I was there that day as well. And I was like, God damn it. It looks amazing. Um, okay. Let me ask you a question then. So we're talking yeah. about 
you getting away in this little world and you wanted the shots yeah. to be very specific and you wanted certain things, right? What a lot of yeah. people don't know about how stunts work is we will train with you for, if we're lucky, a couple of hours, we'll get the fight scene down, we'll get it done, and then you yeah. film a previs, which a previs is an early version of the fight that we normally film in the stunt room. If we're lucky enough to have the location, then we do it on location. Yeah, And they send mm -hmm. it to directors, producers, make sure they cover all of the aspects that they wanted because very often in the script, it's just like they fight. There's no specifics of what it is. It's just like these yeah. two people have a fight and then it's handed over. Um, have you ever considered directing? Because these previses were previses. They were incredible. Like yeah. absolutely incredible. We watched them sometimes when we were like, Darren should shoot this. Like this should be done. Oh, thank you. In fact, I say very often, more often than not, we would look at the previews and go, it needs to be shot exactly this way. Of this course. looks incredible. Oh. And not very often they were. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thank you, man. I, I I'll tell you, um, in the beginning the fight scenes were written a little in a little bit more detail. And then after mm -hmm. the the powers that be started to see how Matt and I were we're starting to get really get into cahoots and really mm -hmm. starting to uh, collaborate. You know, Matt would tell me, okay, Darren, I want, I would like to have a dolly shot here. You know, let's not look over there. Let's keep it looking this way. Uh, they, they should enter over here and it should end over there. Mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty much it. I was given the freedom to uh, create the, the, a lot of the moving movement and the staging and the action. And, that that just gave me a huge amount of experience in in telling this story with the camera. So yes, in answer to your question, I, um, directing has really become more and more of a, something that I I'm interested in. And I actually very recently uh, got to direct. I was working on Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah. Miles Dale, uh, an executive producer, who is also yes, we love Miles. Uh, he's an executive producer on Sex Life. Netflix is Sex Life also. And I uh, had coordinated the first season. And um, anyway, I got the script. And it was it was very interesting sort of sequence that happened in the script. And that gave me an idea about how it might be shot. And it, it involved cars and um, came up with an idea. And then I pitched it to Miles. And it was, you know, it's Miles Dale. He's like always the smartest guy in the room, you know, and <laughs> I was very, you know, and I wasn't pitching it with the thought that I would direct it. I was just pitching this concept I had with the, the thought that it might look cool and it might tell the story well. Yeah. So I, anyway, I pit, I pitched it to him and I ended up, and I said, it's like a full on director's guild thing. It's my first credit as a director on sex life. And I'm yeah. very proud of it. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And it, and it definitely is born of what I learned. Totally. I, this is why I bring it up, right? So do you see Bullet Train? Yes, the new Brad Pitt I have movie? seen Bullet Train. So that, I yes. watched it and I was watching it and the fight scenes, I remember reading it and I was like, this is ambitious. And the fight scenes are like really good. And I was like, these are filmed really well. And then I saw an interview. He was Brad Pitt's stunt double on Fight Club. There you go. And then they right. circle back around and he ended up working yes. with, so that's that was his background. I think his name's David David Leach. David Leach. Um, you know what's interesting about Dave? I first met him on 300. Um, oh. I, I played one of the... No Yeah, way. I played one of the Spartans on 300 and as did my brother Christopher and, mm -hmm. and uh, Hubert and Max White. We were mm -hmm. all on that show. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. And we met Dave... And Chad Stahelski, who was 
So he originally doubled uh, Keanu Reeves and was part of the choreography for The Matrix. Dave Leach doubled Mr. Smith and Brad Pitt. And, and I met, that's where Chris and I first met them. And it was actually Dave wow. Leach who ultimately um, helped me into the stunt coordinating position on Nikita with Maggie Q. And then wow. Dave now has gone on to direct. He, he directed uh, Atomic Blonde, uh, Deadpool yeah. 2. Uh, you know, he's a wow. brilliant. And so, yes, it's, it's just interesting that you should say that because it was Dave and Chad. They liked my, the concepts that Chris and I had, and they encouraged us heavily to learn editing and to do more shooting. And ultimately, that's what we've done. And yeah, and it ultimately led to a different approach to the work where I was looking at much more as a director. And this was their advice. And here we are. That's so amazing. Just, so what a cool. small world. What a small world. Yeah. What a small world, man. That's awesome. I would, yeah. I like, I would do just about anything to be directed I was by just you, about even to if say it wasn't stunt stuff. Thing. Let's do Pride and Prejudice. Just you and I will do Pride yeah, and Prejudice. I'm, I'm in. Or do you yeah, want to come man. do a Western, Darren? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you, it never was the goal in my mind to direct. It was just like learning the craft, how to tell the story with the camera, like hands on, you know? And that flowed, of course, from. Obviously, if you if you're a fight choreographer, you have to think about how it's going to be shot, and you have to be cognizant of the story that you're trying to tell, and um, and yeah, and it just it it just pays forward and pays forward and pays forward until eventually, you're you're actually starting to think about it as a truly as a filmmaker as a director, you know, and uh, it is yeah. a trip. Like, dude, like I remember when I showed up for that directing day, you know. And there's like four cameras and a drone, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sliding cars down Metal Vale, you know? Yeah, but yeah, it's just, amazing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's like coordinating for Guillermo del Toro, you know? Yeah. Making yeah. my little previs, guys, imagine, and then give that to Guillermo del Toro for him to look oh at my, my concept, you know? Terrifying. Yeah. So I just yeah. imagine him like sat on his desk with his Oscars around him, just like, let me watch this little thing. You're like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. It's the same when we send auditions yeah, off. You know what I mean? Like, it's we send true. these auditions right. off, and yeah. you know who's going to see them. You know whose eyes these are going to end yeah. up in in success. And you're like, holy shit, man. This is like one of these people is like, why I became an actor. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, my yeah. face is going to be on his or her computer at some point. And that's like the most horrifying it's something you horrifying. think about afterwards <laughs> rather than whilst, whilst, oh. if you do it whilst you're doing it you're like Don't think about okay it, well Meryl Streep might watch this yeah. so I need to focus on like how do I impress Meryl Streep and you're like no 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 <laughs> do your job and yeah. then if it works it works and just you know what it is you know, oh, guys. that sort of stuff but yeah and man just just to be faced with that level of talent like I remember um, we were doing Nightmare Alley and mm-hmm. there's a part in the movie where they, where you know the character gets hit by a car backwards and then Bradley Cooper's character Stan drives over him and so it's an old car and the back of the car is sort of steeply it's not very slanted it's quite steeply sloped Mm -hmm. and I was concerned about how to make it look real with the cars hitting the guy that he's supposed to fly over top of the car and I thought oh no if it's this steep it should hit him and he should just go flying backwards and so I, mm-hmm. I was concerned about this. So I, I went to see Guillermo in his office and I explained this to him. And he's like, hmm. So he takes a piece of paper and he puts it down on his desk and he grabs a, a marker like a Sharpie and he draws the silhouette of the car in one stroke, exactly wow. the same. 
I shit you not. Wow. I was like, and it, and it just came out of me. I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, that looks exactly like the car. And he looks up at me and he's like, yes, yes, yes. Well, what are you talking about in terms of the, you know, and I'm like, I can't believe I just saw this fucking guy do this. It was like, it was like one stroke. There's the car exactly as it is. Oh and God. I went back to my office and I c- compared it to the actual car. And you'd swear to God, the guy traced it. Wow. Wow. Yes. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. You have to understand, guys, that I get that from you, too. I would put together an action sequence or a fight, and we'll put it together, and, and we'll rehearse it, and we'll shoot the previs, and then I'd be standing beside Matt at the monitor, and you guys would run through it, and you would just add your flavor to it. And I would become instantly, poignantly aware of your talent. And I'd be like, damn, I didn't see that that's cool or like a little pause you might take or like a little look that you might cast that just add that i can't quantify as a choreographer i shouldn't see it but the director Mm -hmm. in me i'd be like that's awesome (laughs) that's like that's talent that's awesome that's like they are wicked actors you know they're not just amazing athletes that can do my bidding and create wicked fights they are amazing actors who who give it the real texture who instruct me on how to tell the story sometimes with just a look uh, i learned That's so really much sweet, guys and i learned so much from you we learned so much from you as well like i still will go into a fight scene now do you remember there were three words you would say to me all of us like right before especially a particularly vicious fight darren would come up and he'd talk he'd you know we'd talk through and the camera's going to be here so you know make sure when you do this block that you don't cover too far back so you're going to cover your face and you know whatever it is we go through our things yeah and then he'd pat me on the shoulder and he'd go blood and guts and then send me yep. in and i still yep. in my head whenever i do a fight scene now i say it to myself in your voice i go give her blood and guts hey eh, bud yep. And then I'm away. And that, that voice needs to happen in my head. Otherwise, it doesn't work. That's why Bud is on my wow. shoulder. So, it, they, and really? I know this. Every single fight Every single scene. fight wow. scene. So, for you and yeah. Dean, this one particularly is for Dean. But he, and I remember this so poignantly because I had broken my collarbone, right? So, it was the right. last one in particular. And he used to do the same thing. He would pat me always on this shoulder. And he'd go, give her a Bud. <laughs> always yep. on that shoulder and i didn't realize yeah, it was man. it was a thing until i had a broken fucking collarbone and he goes give her bud and dean's a big like you know 220 oh. pound just like total softy yeah. but just this big lump of a man oh. and he goes give yep. her bud and i go oh fucking christ <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck? and that's why it's right here yeah. i'll show you that's why dean is right there on my shoulder and he's gonna be there forever Aww. oh bless you lad uh, Bless you, lad. Miss you, buddy. Oh, Mine is covered right now, but I have one that says not fragile on my wrist right here. Kind of has one also. Because Fantastic. that's what Dean always used to tell me. He's like, you're not fragile. Because you and Dean were the people that never underestimated me on that set. And he would tell me that every single day and every time we'd box and every time, you know, good day, bad day, whatever it was. And I didn't know how much that phrase meant to him until much later on. But as soon as I heard that, that immediately, it's the only tattoo I haven't thought about for a year. It's uh, immediately. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. I would say, guys, I'm still grieving him hard. We all are. We all are. Yeah. And I know, I know you are. And, and um, honestly, it inspired a lot of change in my life for the better. Mm And I'll admit that I've, I've had to wander for the last couple of years in between work. I started to spend 
more and more time up north, more sort of extreme expeditions that I was taking 20, 20 days solo canoe trips, very up there with the, with the bears and the caribou, you know, <laughs> and uh, I started filming them. I started to make them into videos so that I could look at them later. Uh, and I, and I post them on YouTube. And a lot of it has been about just processing the incredible effect that that man had on my life and on the lives of the people around me. You know, it's empowering now. I know that we got to share a version of Dean that very few people in the world ever did and that, and now ever will. And I am so uh, grateful that I was able to experience that relationship with Dean with you guys because you guys got him. You, you understood Dean, yeah. you know, even when he was standing right there behind you eating a deviled eggs, <laughs> right? Like he always seemed to be eating, <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, oh my God, it was just like, I'm so glad that it, that it was you guys because you, you understood why Dean was awesome. You really did. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm forever, forever grateful. And I love him with all my heart. And I, and I talk to Dino every day. Me too. Yeah. I talk to him every day and, uh, and I just want you to know that he loved you guys. Like, you know, when it was just him and I driving home because he thought he was going to have a ride and it's gone. <laughs> and now I'm driving him home, you know, we'd be, you know, we'd be singing at the top of our lungs, listening to Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and, you know, and we'd be driving home and then out of nowhere, he'd stop, turn the music down. And he'd say, I love those kids. Hey, eh, bud. Just out of nowhere, you know, he would just come up with some story, something you guys were talking about, like yeah. from the heart, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. God bless him. Yeah, God bless him. Then God, bless, God him. bless you guys for being a part of it. And and I know that whenever I talk to you, whenever we text, whenever we share, uh, and I say I'm missing Dino. And you guys come back and say, oh, we're missing him too. Like, I know you are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it, and it's, it's a comfort. It's a comfort. It took me a long time to be able to box again. Honestly. I bet. It took me a long time. I bet. And, um, I bet. you know, it's, we are a family and we always will be. And that kind of trust and that kind of, Love is not something that comes easily and it's not something that's ever going to go away. No, it isn't. And, and I will say that I, I don't make friends that I, I make lots of friends, but I don't have many close friends, but Dean was definitely that guy. And I think Dean was best friends with lots of people. <laughs> and, uh, he was, he was, everybody loved Dino, you know, and, and you know that I'll just, I'll share something that you guys might not realize. I know what I'm doing out there, but still I'm a human being. And sometimes the massiveness of what we, it was that I would be doing sometimes would make me nervous. And, and I remember Dean would come up and he'd be, look at me, he'd be like, you got this, eh, bud? Remember I'm saying that? You got this, eh, bud? And he'd be like, I can see you're worried about, but you got this. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm fucking right here, eh, bud? And he would say that and it would just like, you know, it would make me feel 10 feet tall. It would make me put you right like, at fucking ease, man. Right at fucking yeah, ease. Yeah, dude. Like, oh, cause yeah. they, cause yeah. I trust you, man. Like yeah. I trust you. Yeah. Maybe I do fucking have this. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. 
And he always had a smile on his face, you know. Nine times out of ten, he was the scariest guy on set. Jesus. Always. I don't know what fucking time of day it was. He was always smiling. Remember when he was in that fucking fat suit? And he's like oh. drenched in his own sweat. It was like 20 pounds heavier. And he was just laughing, man. He was just smiling oh, all, yeah, all day, every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, well, so that guy. God bless him. Thank you for talking about that. Obviously, we all know it course, was. Of course, yeah. I honestly, I didn't know whether or not to bring it up. And I sort of danced around it for a second. And then I was like you know what he was a fucking huge part of what we did like oh, every time we were up huge. in a wire the person making sure we didn't drop 15 feet to <laughs> our deaths was dean oh yeah and he would obsess about it It'd be like you know i'd be working on a budget or something i'd be working long after the training day and everything will have already been set up for the next day you know whether we were in the cloisters or wherever it was that we were mm-hmm. shooting and i remember sometimes just walking out to look at it and there'd be dean He'd be up there checking it yeah. again, you know, checking mm-hmm. the wire one more time, checking the harness one more time, you know. It was just one of those things where I knew that it that it was legitimate love. It was legitimate love for you guys. And we were both very, very aware that the faith that you were putting in us to do the extreme stuff that we did, and, and there was lots of extreme stuff that we did, that's very hard to quantify. We could tell stories for days and days and days about different fights we did about, oh, dude, I remember you in one fight scene where you're full on defending yourself. You too, Kat. I remember where it's like, if you guys didn't get that sword up and so often Kat, you'd have that stupid little dagger (laughs) and I'd be stressing about it, you know, and you guys would make the block, you know, you'd make the block, you know, and I'd be like, oh, thank goodness, you know. And very often, Dean <laughs> yeah. and I would talk about it. We'd oh be like, goodness. we would both know the scares that we had, where where it's like, I thought Alan was going to crack him right over the head that time, you know, or, <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, it's like, oh my God. And there were some wire gags that I know you guys know, they're scary. Mm-hmm. They're a little yeah. scary, mm-hmm. man. You know, you, you got to lay back in the wire sometimes or whatever. And Dean and I, when we would talk about it after, we would always know what moments made us both so nervous and it was always closely associated with love for you guys for trusting us and allowing us to create what we did you know it was so much more real than people would believe it's true it was so freaking real it really was and and i'll tell you it's been a long path to be able to talk about even just to be able to talk about dean there was literally a year and a half when i couldn't look back at our old videos of fights we did i couldn't it's been a combination of time and professional help and working on my mental health. Um, no kidding, but same here, dude. Yeah. Like it's especially like, and Kat, I don't mean to alienate no, you no, no. in this because everyone deals with grief a certain way, but men of our age, especially are sort of taught to deal with grief a very mm-hmm. different way. Yeah, And it's not the right way of doing it. It's not a healthy way of doing it. And if there are men out there dealing with grief, I hope you listen to this and some small part of you goes, it is okay to, um, to reach out and to talk to people about it because it's important. Yeah. And I've mentioned this before and it is really important. And thank God that you, you did, you know, you never know when it's going to get you. Like I was, fuck me, man. This is so it, like, I was annoyed that this situation happened and I got so upset by it. I just like immediately started bawling my eyes out. I was watching fucking resident evil Two, And it was right. way too close to it happening. And right yep. at the end, made it the whole way through the f- movie, and then boom, there's Dean's face, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, yep, here I go." Yeah, I'm, yep, yep. I'm absolutely devastated. Legs taken right out from under you. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Like someone kicked the back of my knees in. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was awful. Yeah, too much. Yeah, and I think that um, that grief is definitely something people don't understand that it can literally traumatize you. Mm-hmm. And I w- that that was definitely an effect for me. Um, and you know, and there was a couple of major losses all closely connected. Like I, I mean, I, I lost. Fred only months later um, after I, know, I lost dude, him. I was devastated, man. Absolutely devastated. My giant dog, Fred, my giant English master, Fred, who was awesome. And I had him for nine years. Mm-hmm. And I know that a giant dog like that, generally, they don't live that long. So it was, yeah, it was incredibly difficult. And I'm very, very grateful that there are resources out there to help, uh, to help with the trauma, to help with the depression that can come with from from grief and you know, enhance all of the, the the traveling that I did, the the hardcore canoe trips, close calls with bears, and all the rest <laughs> of it all flowed from that. Oh, I had a couple close ones, boy. I bet. And it all flowed from that, and and has got me to a much more positive place in my life, and uh, uh, and I'm grateful. So it's there. You go. You know, sometimes something that can just feel like the worst thing ever that takes forever to recover can actually transport you to a place where you are healthier, happier, better adjusted, you know, in, in much more in a, in a stable sort of flow, there's hope. Absolutely. Even when it feels like there isn't, yeah. there's hope. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Great words. Thank you. Guys. I can't think of a better way to, to round this out it's as true. well. Like Kat, I know you've got to get off and Darren, we don't want to take up any more of your time. So Darren, thank you so much for talking to us, man. They just the little trip down memory lane and seeing your face again. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure. Please, please, please. Awesome. Thank you. It's so awesome Absolutely. to see Absolutely. Let's you. all get together and have a drink one of these days and just keep talking because I miss you, Darren. And I thank you, you for everything you taught us and are still teaching us. Um, there's not a day goes by that we don't, that you don't influence our lives in one way or another. So just thank you. Thank you so much. And, and uh, I want to say from my brother, Chris, and myself because we both sort of we definitely collaborated on the original concept of this show and uh, we talk about it often and we think of you guys often and it's i just love you both and thank you, you so much thank you darren Return to the Shadows is hosted and executive produced by me, Dominic Sherwood, and Catherine McNamara. Our executive producer is Ling Lee. Our senior producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. Our producer is Hannah Harris and Kristen Vermilia. And our intern is Sam Katz. Original music by Alex Kinsey, performed by Alex Kinsey and Catherine McNamara. And the episode was mixed by Seth Alansky. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, Peanut Butter M&M's. Because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of Peanut Butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 